In today's class, we're heading to the Queen of the West, the Blue Chip City, the city of seven hills. That's right, Cincinnati, baby. We're going to be learning about Cincinnati chili, a Midwest delicacy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wiki University, the podcast that dives down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia to explore the sum of all human knowledge. I am your professor, Kyle Berseth, and as always, I'm joined here at Wiki University with the guy that just finished the beer mile, Jason Nunez. Well, Professor K, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. And just a friendly reminder to you listeners out there, please remember to like, review us, leave a comment, and make sure to give us two, if not one thumb up. But I think sometimes you can give two thumbs up. Based on the platform, you, you thumb it up however you want. Thumb us. Feel free. Uh, all right, Teach, what do you got for us today? Well, Jason, we're going to be learning about Cincinnati chili. Cincinnati chili? Is it spicy? It is spicy, but I went, and I feel bad. I got to admit, I feel bad, Jason. Why do you, you feel know, bad? You had a Super Bowl party. Ah, yes, I did have a Super Bowl party. And I didn't make it. You were invited, but I disinvited you when you told me you weren't going to make it. It's weird, because you didn't tell me that you disinvited me. I'm not even sure disinvited is a word in I, your heart. In my heart and in my tears. <laughs> I disinvited you. Well, your top's on my list, Jason, as you know. I mean, what's on your list? Your top's on my list. You're a top. Oh. (laughs) Okay, go on. And if you're having a party, I'm there, but I already committed, which puts me in a major conflict of interest because one of my core values is sticking to Mm. what I say I'm going to do. That's one of the things I don't like about you. Ah, well. And you also. Miss, you know, you know, I can throw a party. I know how to. I'm, I'm skilled in the culinary arts. Yes, yes, yes. You, you've talked for hours on this podcast about your skill with the culinary arts. But the party I did go to, yes, hosted by a Cincinnati boy. Okay, and he made Cincinnati chili, and this was good. I it, it was good. It was yeah. the first time I've ever had Cincinnati chili. What does it ha- What does it have inside of it? Like just a little human meat? We'll get to it. Do you just want to dive in here? I mean, you got me hungry already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you're the one that said human meat, and I noticed you started <laughs> drooling, which is weird. Hey, you know me. I'm a little bit of a cannibal. Okay, developed by immigrant restaurants in the 1920s, Cincinnati chili is a Mediterranean spiced meat sauce used as a topping for spaghetti. It is made by boiling raw ground beef and then adding tomato paste and seasoning. The mix simmers for several hours to form a thin meat sauce. Cincinnati chili is always seasoned with cinnamon, allspice, cloves, cumin, nutmeg, chili powder, and many home recipes call for a small amount of dark, unsweetened chocolate. Ooh, I like everything you said except for the chocolate part. That doesn't sound... I mean, not that I'm against chocolate, but to mix that all in, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. All those spices, though, piqued my interest. Okay, you like spaghetti? No. No, well, it's spices. all on spaghetti. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you yeah, heard I'll, that part. I'll eat spaghetti. It's not my favorite. And then there's a bunch of cheddar cheese on top. Well, that's good. Yeah, pretty delicious. I mean, it's all things I like. Sharp cheddar? 
I think I had a mild, but I like sharp cheddar. Freshly, uh, Fresh, freshly, uh, yeah. what do you call it? Grazed? Gra- grated? Grated? Grated, yeah. Okay. Grazed, yeah, yeah. Grazed cheese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony Bourdain called Cincinnati chili, quote unquote, the story of America on your plate. Okay. And uh, that guy knows his way around a good plate or bowl of anything. Ropes, too. Let's dive into that story of America. Cincinnati chili originated with immigrant restaurateurs Tom and John Kirajif, who emigrated from Macedonia. I have a funny feeling Tom and John knew names when they arrived. Not their native names? No, I don't. I don't think so. It's Back in like the early 1900s. It's what they gave when they arrived by boat in New York. It's what somebody gave them probably. Sure. Um, so they were from Macedonia and they were fleeing ethnic rivalries and bigotry in the fallout from the Balkan Wars and World War One, And this was in 1921. In an effort to expand their customer base by moving beyond narrowly ethnic styles of cuisine... They began serving a quote-unquote stew with traditional Mediterranean spices, those spices that you were glowing about. So real quick, the what makes your uh, chili special, aside from the chocolate, mm-hmm. um, was it like all those spices? Because I feel like those spices are like, I, I mean, I've heard of them. To yeah. me, they're not exotic. Uh, sure. So what makes their, what makes the, what does it call it, Cincinnati chili, Cincinnati chili? Hmm, I think it's, well, it's that assortment of spices. Okay. First of all, I think it's a lot of beans, too. Now, granted, I was at a vegetarian's house, so I can't say Mm. I had the uh, Mm. authentic. That turns my stomach a little bit. (laughs) I mean, the fact that you went to a vegetarian Super Bowl uh, party is, it's very unbecoming of you. I brought a vegetable plate. It felt very healthy. Are you trying to say that my plates are not healthy? I'm one of the healthiest people that you know. <laughs> whoa, whoa, I wasn't saying that. All right, I hope not. Go on. Not that healthy. Okay, so, and then I guess what also makes it, I don't know, different from regular chili is it's a thinner sauce. You wouldn't eat it as a bowl, like okay. just a straight up bowl. So it's a thinner sauce, so a cup? You have to drink it? No, it goes on top of spaghetti or it goes on... Well, these guys, they were using it as a topping for hot dogs, which they called conies. Of course, ripping off Coney Island. So real quick, the (laughs) spaghetti also is a part of the Cincinnati chili? Like there's spaghetti? Yeah, I would call the whole dish Cincinnati chili. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's what different because to me, chili is you know a bowl. It's got beans, like you said. So that's not yeah. new. Um, and to me, chili has some good meat. You know, I don't know if I put it in the outline here, but people from Cincinnati start sentences quite often when talking about Cincinnati chili with, "Well, it's not exactly chili." Inter- okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That, that. Well, there you go. That explains a lot then. Oh, yeah, yeah, I should have started this with, it's not exactly chili. (laughs) Yeah. It's more of a pasta sauce. Okay, but go on. It still sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, So they began serving a quote-unquote stew with traditional Mediterranean spices as a topping for hot dogs, which they called conies, in 1922, 
Um, and this was at their hot dog stand located next to a burlesque theater called the Empress, which they named their hot dog stand after. So it was Empress. It was the Empress restaurant or something like that. Nice. Um, that's what you want at a burlesque theater, a big sloppy bowl of pasta sloshing around. And a hot dog. And hot dog. Okay. I I'll see. bring the hot dogs. Yes. That's a different type of Cincinnati chili. Uh, Tom used the sauce to modify a traditional dish uh, to come up with a dish he called chili spaghetti. He first developed a recipe calling for the spaghetti to be cooked in the chili, but changed his method in response to customer requests and began serving the sauce as a topping eventually adding grated cheese as a topping for both the chili spaghetti and the conies, which were also in response to customer requests. So he kind of like crowdsourced this recipe. Right. I was about to say he's he's uh, asking for or open to audience suggestions. Yeah, which I feel like a lot of restaurateurs aren't. It's yeah. my way or the highway. I'm the chef I know best. If, I, you know, if I've ever seen or you've ever seen an episode of... Um, God, what's that show where the guy comes into restaurants that are, fa- oh, uh, Gordon Ramsay's like Kitchen from Hell or Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, something maybe like something like that, or Kitchen Nightmares, okay. Kitchen Nightmares, and he goes in and there's always these cocky chefs that are like, hey, I've been using frozen lasagna for years, people love it, and the restaurant is crickets. Right, I'm more of a bar rescue kind of guy. I was also thinking of that one, but I couldn't pull the name. Oh. Why are you like looking at camera bragging? I'm more of a bar rescue, <laughs> like uh, you're the upper crust. Just want to let you know, I'm a, sort of a bar rescue kind of guy. You know, is that show still on? I think so. Uh, you know, uh, COVID. I was about to say 9/11, but COVID mm. really, you know, really halted production. But it's back, baby. COVID also killed a lot of bars. I know. Yeah. I know. Rest in peace. To COVID? To, yeah, to COVID. <laughs> Rest in peace, COVID. Hey, we needed you. You walked into our life and you walked right out. To make ordering more efficient, the brothers created the way system of ordering, which I like because it kind of sounds like a religious path it to does. Chile. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they created this... Special way of ordering, which has its own wiki article. And by the way, food Mm -hmm. is its own religion. So I'm all for the way. All right. Right on. Ordering Cincinnati chili is based on a specific ingredient series. Chili, spaghetti, shredded cheddar cheese, diced onions, and kidney beans. The number before the way of the chili determines which ingredients are included with each chili order. So, for example, if you go to the counter and you say, I'll have a two-way, <laughs> wait yeah. for it, you're getting spaghetti topped with chili. Okay. If you go up and you say, I'll have a three-way, yes, please. you're getting spaghetti, chili, and cheese. Okay. If you go up and you say, I'll have a four-way onion. Whoa, hey, I'll try it out. <laughs> yeah, you will. You're getting spaghetti, chili, onions, and cheese. Huh. Or you might go up and say, I'll have a four-way bean. Whoa, I didn't even know that was possible, <laughs> but I'm in. Latino twist on yeah. that one. Spaghetti, chili, beans, and cheese. And then there's the five-way. 
Whoa, is that that's illegal some places. <laughs> some places, but not in Cincinnati. Okay. Spaghetti, chili, beans, onions, and cheese. So everything. Or you could go up and say, I'll have the six way. Is that possible? They take you out back and bend you over. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's do that, please. I'll take two of those. And then you get chili. <laughs> it's more of a topping. Hey, Cincinnati's starting to sound like my kind of city. I bet. Uh, most chili parlors do not offer plain chili as a regular menu item. Good. Polly Campbell, former food editor editor of the Cincinnati Inquirer, calls ordering a bowl of Cincinnati chili ridiculous. Would you order a bowl of spaghetti sauce? Because that's what you're doing. Idiots. It's blasphemy to the Cincinnati people. Which, honestly, if I get a nice, thick, meaty spaghetti sauce that tastes really well seasoned, like really good, I'll eat that on its own. Most definitely. Now, you mentioned meat. It doesn't have any meat. No, this does have meat. Oh, it does have meat. What kind of meat? Beef. Okay. Yeah, ground beef. That's the first thing they put it into either water or uh, stock, and they'll bring it to a boil, and then they start adding the spices and let it simmer for hours. Okay, okay. Yeah. I recently got into stock. Okay, yeah. Broth, Stocks always go up. Broth and stocks. Broth IRAs. Broth IRAs. <laughs> <laughs> My been... friend, you are sinking your money into something that's not a good investment. Oh, it's a, it's a great <laughs> investment for my health, believe me. So. A bone broth IRA? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So fast forward to, did it, to today, and Cincinnati chili is the area's best-known regional food, not surprisingly. There are Cincinnati chili chains throughout the area, most notably Skyline and Gold Star Chili. And according to the Greater Cincinnati Convention and Visitors Bureau, Cincinnatians consume more than 2 million pounds of Cincinnati chili each year, topped by 850,000 pounds of shredded cheddar cheese. That's a lot of cheese. It's a lot of chili. Yeah. But I guess spaghetti's in there too? Um, you're right. So how many pounds of spaghetti do you think? I don't know. And is it wet spaghetti or dry spaghetti? Well, once you put the chili on, it's a little bit wet. That's true. <laughs> and I, once you boil it, it's I'd be a getting wet. wet if that much chili was on top of me. That's the sixth way. Real quick, you said that you went to a vegan's. Did his Vegetarian. have- Vegetarians. Vegetarians. Okay. Did his Cincinnati chili have beef in it? No, but I. So is it really one question? Yeah. Is it really Cincinnati chili? You know, that kept me up at night. Good. After I ate it, I was like, I mean, I had Cincinnati chili in practice, but did I really have Cincinnati chili? I don't think you did. It was very close. It was good. And I got to admit, I couldn't tell if there was beef in it or, or not. So what other healthy options did this vegetarian have at his Super Bowl party, if you can call it that? Well, there was guacamole, of course. I made guacamole. Which, by the way, I had a, a conversation there around the, the old snack table. Yeah. And somebody mentioned, ooh, avocado, because that was mixed into something You mean else. guacamole? No, guacamole is different than avocado. And I said, I think avocado is a little overrated. And he was like... No, 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 it's not. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I think guacamole, amazing. Avocado, 
needs the onion and the lime and cilantro to do a lot of the heavy lifting. My friend, you, my friend, my, no, I'm, you are my friend and about to not be <laughs> because I hold avocados up to almost the tier mm-hmm. of the great egg. What are you saying? Because those it's were- so healthy. It's a it's the healthiest fat you can you great, can have. Great. I'm not saying it's not healthy, but taste wise, taste it's delicious. Mediocre. Oh, you don't have the tongue for avocado, my friend. You sprinkle a little salt, a little peppy. Mm. Salt and the pepper. They're doing the heavy lifting there. Just... Same thing with an egg, a hard boiled egg. You just gonna eat it by itself. Yeah, you put salt and no, pepper. No, the yolk has quite a bit of. Oh, I don't eat a hard boiled egg, but it does still have quite a bit of flavor. <laughs> Wait. We've talked about this. Go back five episodes. We had our hard-boiled egg debate then. Okay. I know, but I, I'm so pissed. I'm re-pissed. <laughs> we don't need a sequel. I'm re-pissed that you still haven't tried a hard-boiled egg. I, I've i eaten plenty of hard-boiled eggs in my life. Even this morning, I overcooked my over-easy egg. I was just going to ask. And you- it was a little too... It was a little... It was crumbly instead of liquid. So you like? And your... I was, I was like, I'm so disappointed with myself. Well, you should be because you don't like hard boiled eggs. But so, is that how you like your fried eggs over easy, oh, or just sunny side up, or sunny side up? Now, yeah. have you ever had an egg hard boiled that is still uh, yolky inside? That's a soft boiled egg. So okay, yeah. Well, that's still well, a- don't come at me acting like an egg expert and then not know the terminology. To me, hard-boiled eggs are eggs that you boil. Right. It doesn't matter whether it's soft or hard. It's it's getting boiled. You're just boiling it. There, to no, me, there's no- No, you're boiling the yolk. It, the hard part is the yolk. You're describing- So have you had soft-boiled eggs? Sure. And do you like those? I like I like an oozy egg. That's fine. I love those too. And we're getting on the same conversation. We don't, because then I'm going to bring up poached and you're going to go, I never had a poached egg. And then we're going to be back to square one. All I'm, right. You I'm, like your eggs your way, but eggs way more flavorful than avocados. Not the whites. The yolk ha- adds a lot of flavor. That's why I like the smear factor of a runny yolk. Big fan of the smear. Because you get all that flavor running around the plate. I think you're not picking the right avocados, my friend. I just ate three avocados in the last day. I like avocados, but my point is a little overrated. What other healthy foods, quote unquote, healthy foods did he have? Avocado is very healthy, so props to that. Well, we contributed something called a cowboy caviar. What's that? It was a mix of like beans, corn, avocado. It's like a chip dip. Okay. Yeah. Very good. What did he? What did he present? Like now, we. What did you guys bring? That's what we brought. We contributed. Well, what else was there for snacking? That he Uh, like sauces and dips and things. What kind of dips? What did he provide? I don't know. What did he make? No, I'm asking. I told you the chili. We just read about aside from the chili. chili. I had multiple. Can I say I had multiple dishes on my? uh, (laughs) I had a lot of a cornucopia of food. Okay. And this included a buffalo chicken dip. That's an article for another day, Jason. I made homemade hummus, by the way. Okay. I smashed those chickpeas by hand, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I made guacamole. I made party wings, air fried. Oh, why didn't you just serve raw avocados with a little salt and pepper on it? Why make the guacamole? 
Because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, have enough Jason. spoons to go around, and that's just not how you, you slice it. You could slice it. I do that for dinner all the time. Great. Uh, my point is, you're proving it. Coming, and, and you're the one who doesn't like uh, what is it? Is it? Oh well, no, you like eggs, but red meat. No, I like red meat. Well, why don't you it's, eat an, a? It's a not lot? healthy. Why is it not healthy? Red meat. Yeah, it increases your. Hug, <laughs> Cholest- oh, yeah. your cholesterol, your chances of heart disease. Don't they say that uh, eggs do the cholesterol thing? They say that. What about bacon? Are you against bacon? Bacon's not healthy. We all know that. Well, let me. I got a surprise to tell you, my friend. Okay, <laughs> you're a scientist now. <laughs> Get a load of this one. Now okay. you know my. You know my diet, right? I mean, you know, I frequent the I don't art. Know. You just got off a cleanse, so it's tough to know what you're kicking around. These sure, days. but you know that my diet for years now has been a frequent. Uh, I'm a frequent flyer of the bacon miles. Meat heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> very meat heavy, very egg heavy. Uh, I cook yeah. a lot with olive oil. Same. Bacon, I have. Probably every other day. <laughs> That's too much bacon. Eggs. You're you're having a Montana diet. Not a, I know <laughs> you call it keto, but that's a that's a rancher diet, right? I there. don't call it keto, actually. I also eat uh a lot of eggs, a lot of fried eggs. Mm-hmm. And also the um uh, well skilled in the arts of red meat. But what is your point? Please get to a point. You know my favorite steak is the ribeye. What's your point? Well, I got my blood work back. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I've been waiting to hear about this. baby. So my cholesterol is an astounding 125. I don't know what good or bad cholesterol is. It's super low. Okay, good. Super low. Okay. So what would you attribute to the super lowness of my cholesterol? Do you want to know what I would attribute it to? I would attribute it to the fact that you did a month long cleanse before your doctor appointment. I didn't do it. So like, you're saying you're saying one it's month. Like, it's you're like an athlete going off steroids. You're saying one month yes. of being healthy yes. takes away the years. Wait, you just said one month of being healthy, indicating that you weren't being healthy well, before. No, that. Cle- First off, my cleanse was only seven days. Okay. I eat uh, my dry January. Yeah, dry, dry January, for those who don't know, for Jason, is no bacon. <laughs> no, I eat bacon during, uh, during oh, January. Of course I do. It's drinking the grease that you cut out. No, I do that too. <laughs> I use it to cook. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yes. The only, uh, my dry January is cutting out the eating out. So usually I would on the weekends I don't cook and I go and get some Chinese food or Indian mm-hmm. food or whatever. Mm-hmm. So for thirty days I did all cooking at home, and basically whole thirty, which is no sugar, no dairy, all that, which is yeah. which is what I've been doing for the past almost four or five years. Yeah, but the only difference, like I said, is this month I didn't eat out, and then the last seven days I did do like a gut reset. So you're saying just doing a seven day gut reset will eliminates all the other times that I've ate bacon, drank bacon juice, <laughs> ate egg, ate egg juice, no, and red meat and ribeyes I'm, all the time. I'm not saying that. And what I'll say, Jason, is you want to eat a lot of red meat, that's fine. I don't care. I don't care. Eat a lot of red meat. Everybody's different. You always have those stories on the news about like, oh, this 114-year-old wakes up and drinks a Coke every morning and smokes a cigarette to start her day. She's 114. 
it's a case-by-case basis. Your genetics determine a certain factor. There's a lot of things. I feel like my genetics aren't great. I don't know. I mean, maybe the people ahead of you, your mom and dad, or your brother, the older people in your family, maybe they didn't, maybe they weren't healthy. So maybe you do have great genetics. I don't know. But you have an active lifestyle, relatively active lifestyle. Sexually active. That, I think that could be a little, we could increase that a little bit. You need a six-way Cincinnati chili. (laughs) So I just wanted to tell you that and rub I'm, that in your face. Well, all my all my uh, Jason, vitals are coming back pristine. I've never said you're not healthy. I'm. Let me just say on record to camera, I'm very impressed for the duration of time that I've known you. Your level of health has changed dramatically. Well, thank you. Yeah. It has. I still want to rub it in your face, though. All right, rub away. Because every time you tell me, stop eating red meat. If you're going to rub it in my face, get some bacon (laughs) grease to rub it on there. So I'm just saying, don't be afraid of bacon. Don't be afraid of red meat. I haven't been saying, don't eat eat red meat. I haven't told you. You always say that to me. You, you You tell me maybe don't eat red meat. You just let me know. I think you eat too much red meat. Oh, yeah. You definitely do that. You don't say stop. It's because every time you tell me, you get a full-on erection. (laughs) Tell you what? Tell me about the ribeye that you cooked up. (laughs) And I'm like, Jason, you're fully hard right now. If you've tasted my my ribeye, believe me, you'll get rock hard as well, okay? That's the problem. Okay, so, uh, and aside from that, all my, all the good stuff is, I'm in. My glucose is fine. My thyroid, or whatever that is, is perfect. Yeah. Uh, my blood counts, whites and reds are getting along famously. Wow. Uh, my iron's a little low. My doctor uh, actually wait, said, what? up, up the red, red meat. meat, more red meat. <laughs> Do you know why? Because he took that? a week off of red meat. Mm, that's probably Or wrong. maybe you need to eat more beans. No, beans are bad for you. Legumes, <laughs> Terrible, terrible. The secret to dying early is veggies. <laughs> no, I love veggies. Okay, Jason, we are on another Cincinnati invention. Do you want to guess what it is? It's uh, not food related. You get one guess. <laughs> okay, is it um, like, a, an elect- an, like an electronic? Close, it's a toy. A toy, but it can be a toy for adults. Not X-rated. Uh, let's not see. that kind of adult toy that you see like on the side of the highway, one of those stores that's like adult bookstore and adult toys. <laughs> Did they invent the Walkman? No, it's not even close to a Walkman, but I feel like, I guess maybe it's because I was born in the 80s. I feel like that's when I first saw Magic 8-Ball. That's where not, when I first saw Walkman. So anyway, we were on the Magic 8-Ball. Okay, interesting. You ever have one? I don't think I owned one, but I... Ask some questions. Yeah, ask some questions. Sense. I've met one before. You know, we <laughs> talked about my life mostly, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you checked and I was like, your blood work is great. <laughs> it's a weird eight ball. Do I eat too much red meat? <laughs> ask uh, again. <sighs> it is certain. <laughs> ask me another one. Ask you another one? Yeah. Uh, is bacon grease okay to drink? Reply hazy. Try again. No. <laughs> is soft boiled egg better than hard boiled egg? Oh, it is decidedly so. 
Okay, the magic eight ball uh, was invented by Albert C. Carter, who was inspired by a spirit writing device used by his Mary, used by his Mary, used by his mother Mary, a Cincinnati clairvoyant. Whoa. Which I feel like a Cincinnati clairvoyant, kind of the bottom of the barrel of clairvoyance. Because you want a clairvoyant person from where, would you say? Big city, like right. East Coast city. I don't want a Rust Belt clairvoyant, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I don't know. Spooky shit happens in the in the Midwest and Spooky stuff like that. Spooky shit happens everywhere. But I feel like in big cities, it's like too many things going on, too many eyes, mm. too many people, where it's like in the Midwest, small towns, like the land kind of has like the upper hand. See, I think small towns, everybody knows you. So it's hard to get away with your bullshit as much. Whereas like if you live in LA, especially in like the 1920s or whatever, you could just like pull up shop and go to the other side of town and you're a new clairvoyant. But what about like Indian burial grounds and stuff like that? That's like spooky. Like that's like their, 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 uh, what's it called? Their essence is around creates like almost like a not a pheno- not a phenomenon but like what's it called um uh uh I'm sorry I I want to interrupt real quick are you saying that Native Americans lived in the Midwest and not on the coasts is that what you're I mean is that what you're but like at? because there're less there's more people on the coasts <laughs> yeah they've been like just tampered down <laughs> But Jesus, the mid, but the graves the, have been, they've been tamped down. The they've mid, been built over the Midwest. They're just sprouting out of the ground. You might trip on a bone. Because in America, we they took over the coasts. Yeah, right. And so they they pushed the you know. Have you heard of the Trail of Tears? We got a little little uh, later out to California, I suppose. Though. But I'm just right. But still, when they did finally get to California, they pushed yeah. all the uh, natives either inward. Or down south, uh-huh. Mexico, right? So it's those areas. Are you where asking like, me? No, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, outlook not so good. But anyways, to me, like that goes in with like psychic type stuff, paranormal. Mm. You know, Indian burial grounds, pet cemetery. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think clairvoyants are more specific than that. Well, well, let's not get. We're on the magic eight ball. True. Anyway, this guy was inspired by his sham mom and invented the magic eight ball. It's a hollow plastic sphere resembling a black and white eight ball. Inside the ball, a cylindrical reservoir contains a white plastic 20-sided die floating in alcohol, which is dyed dark blue. Each of the die's 20 faces has an affirmative, negative, or non-committal statement printed in raised letters. These messages are read through a window on the ball's bottom. Originally, it was encased in a crystal ball, and it wasn't successful, but then the company's product was revamped by uh, Chicago's Brunswick Billiards, known for bowling balls, right? among other things, who in 1950 commissioned a version in the form of a traditional black and white eight ball, which was possibly inspired by a gag in the 1940s Three stu- 1943 Stooges short film, You Nazi Spy. You Nazi Spy. That's right. Haven't, so, haven't seen that one. Maybe I have. Is it a movie or the show? It's a short film. Short film. Three okay. Stooges. Real quick. So 
what kind of alcohol? Are you talking rubbing alcohol? Are you talking yeah, rum? Like, uh, like just um, and I didn't know isopropyl, uh, you know, just standard alcohol. And I didn't know that um, it had twenty sides. I think that's way more sides than I thought it had. Yeah, because it comes up as a triangle, so you think maybe it has like six, six but I, or something. I feel like maybe they've added side sense because now that you say it, I do recall like quite a bit of redundancy in the answers. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I remember. It was it was a lot of like ask again later. Yeah, I was like, I don't have la- this. Isn't mine. This is it. This, this is isn't my eight I'm, ball. I'm only in this executive office for <laughs> the afternoon. All right, so that is the episode. Folks, thank you guys so much for joining us once again on Wiki University. And another friendly reminder to please like, review us, leave a comment, leave a comment that perhaps has a topic for us that you would like us to make a deeper of a dive into. And also remember to give us two thumbs up wherever you're listening to this podcast. Bye.